Happy Monday, Razorback fans. It is a Monday after you won the SEC opener against South Carolina, so you're 2-0 now. Arkansas is 2-0, and they are the AP number 10 team in the country. Guys, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like they're deserving of the jump to top 10. I don't know if I was fully expecting actually top 10. They are number 10, but top 10 team, you beat Missouri State. I mean, the way A&M look, you might beat A&M, and then you're looking at that matchup, Arkansas-Alabama, you might have college game day in Fayetteville that week. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm look, I'm taking this with, with a little bit of a grain of salt. I mean, we haven't uh, – I mean, both both of the teams that Arkansas has played so far are now unranked, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, it it's cool that we're, that we're getting to cover and watch a, a, a top-10 team, but – um, I'm I'm hesitant to um, maybe recognize them as such until you know they play a legitimate opponent. You know, I don't know. Well, to be fair to that point, though, I mean, you've still got. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, sorry. You've still got A and M and Oregon sitting in the back half of the top twenty-five on a team like Cincinnati that um, it wasn't necessarily ranked very high coming into the season. Looks a lot better than both of those teams. I mean, AM looks horrible from, from what you saw in that first game, even with the offense stalling against Sam Houston. And then last week, not being able to move the ball at all against an App State team that gave up 60 points in week one. I think a lot of what we're seeing there is that those teams both started higher up in the in the top 25 and Cincinnati was a little bit lower in. So there's an argument to be made that, that they're a better program or at least a better team right now than both Oregon and A&M and some of those other schools in the back half of the top 25 as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that, you know, the Cincinnati is a really good football team. South Carolina is probably middle of the pack over there in the SEC East. But I think the way that Arkansas won these two games and just like physically dominated both teams – on the line of scrimmage, you saw the way they dominated South Carolina running the ball. I mean, it's just – I think Arkansas was a way better team than South Carolina. I think, you know, Cincinnati was a better opponent than South Carolina. Um, but I wouldn't go as far to say as they aren't worthy of a top-10 rating. I think I was kind of getting at, like, I wasn't fully expecting it, but it doesn't blow my mind. So that's where I'm at. But uh, that was Robert Stewart and Alex Trader. I'm Mason Choate. You're listening to the Gridiron Hogs podcast, part of the Hogbeat Podcast Network, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T, hogbeat.com. Go visit hogbeat.com for all that Razorback athletics coverage. A lot of great stuff over there. Um, get that subscription. It's worth it to get that premium content, the trough message board. Um, that's really helpful for that inside information. Speaking of inside information, boys, it's been Swirling around for, I guess, over a week now. But uh, the news finally came out from the man himself, Sam Pittman. Arkansas safety Jalen Catalan will be out for the season. He's going to have reconstructive shoulder surgery. Um, Pittman said he's going to let Catalan take some time away from the building. You know, that's a tough injury to have, you know, your season cut short two years in a row. Um, you know, he had he had his senior season in high school cut short. This is a guy who's struggled with injuries. It's got to be tough for him because he was expecting to have a big year. you got to think if he doesn't get hurt last year, he's probably a 
first, second round NFL draft pick, probably the same thing this year. If he has, if he plays to the Jalen Catalan potential, it's you're looking at it maybe another first, second round draft pick, you know, ceiling. And now he doesn't have that. You got to think, I mean, there are some options here for Jalen Catalan. One, you know, you take the time, you rehab, you come back to Arkansas for another year, prove yourself, get that NFL draft pick. Two, you, you know, you still rehab and then you try to get ready for the NFL draft. You go out there on your pro day and maybe you get an invite to the combine, stuff like that. And then you're able to, you know, build your draft stock back up a little bit or three. And I, I don't know if how realistic this would be. Maybe he retires from football. You know, when, when a person has so many injuries and, you know, now this is a second shoulder injury in a row, that's an option. And Alex, I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah, I think that really depends on what his recovery looks like because um, it, you thought coming back to Arkansas this season was going to boost his draft stock up from from missing the the majority of last year, and it just wasn't quite able to happen. So then I, I think you do really have to consider um, the fact that he might, you know, we all know as as a, a group that has covered this team and has been around this Razorback team with Jalen Catalan on it, how special of a player he is and what he's able to do on the field. But at the next level, it's about what can you do for me now? And if he's not able to stay healthy and stay on the field, um, not only do people not know what he's capable of, but it also leads to situations where they're not willing to take the chance on a guy who's not going to be able to play for them. So uh, I'm not seeing medical retirement as, you know, uh, the, the number one likelihood for me right now, but if you come back through rehab and you're really struggling, whether it be you trying to show out for a pro day or you thinking about coming back, um, that, then I think that's something that, that could possibly be an option. I think it'd surprise a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it always does, you know, think, I mean, the first, the first person that comes to mind right now, and I think there's two and it's recency bias, but Luke Keekley and Andrew Luck, both of those guys, you didn't really expect either one of them to retire as early as they did, but they did, and it, it seems as if um, – and I, I've heard about Andrew Luck, I guess, within the past month or so. Apparently, he's like the happiest he's ever been, and there's no part of him that wants to go back to football. So, at some point, it takes a mental toll, and you can be – I mean, we know how good Andrew Luck was at football, and I'm not saying Jalen Catalan is going to retire. I'm just saying that's just one of those options out there because, you know, if you have a second season in a row cut short by injury – you gotta, you gotta, you know, look at your options, and you know that he's doing that. And I, I just feel for the guy. You know, that's it's so tough because you have all these, you know, expectations that you want to meet, and that he probably can meet if he can stay healthy. And it, you, you just feel for the guy. And then, you know, alongside him, Miles Slusher, he got hurt in that Cincinnati game as well. Sam Pittman said that he should be back this week against Missouri State. Um, you know, it might not be a bad idea to just hold him out for this game and then get him ready for A&M because you got to think that Arkansas is probably able to take care of business against Missouri State. But, I mean, Missouri State, top five FCS team. So it's not like you have a, you know, a, a super cupcake coming into town. Plus, it's Bobby Petrino. So he might want a little bit uh, more in this game than a normal game. So uh, that's the news, uh, the big news coming out of – I mean, Arkansas won 44 to 30 over South Carolina. We're going to talk about that plenty, but uh, a lot of people ask about those two guys the past week, and we finally got a confirmed answer from Sam Pittman. So 
just really tough for Jalen Catalan. You really feel for the guy. And so uh, I had to put that out there. All right, let's get into this South Carolina game. 44-30 to 30 win for Arkansas. Almost 50-30 to 30 with that uh, that last play. I mean, this game, there were so many stoppages for so many different things, so many penalties. Like, I I don't know, Robert. How long, how long did they say that the fourth quarter ended up being like an hour and 12 minutes or something like that? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't hear an official time, but I know that it was pushing four hours when the clock hit triple zeros. Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, Arkansas dominated the line of scrimmage in this one. And so uh, it was the Rocket Sanders show for the first half for sure. He had 24 carries, 156 yards, two touchdowns in this game. He had he had a what? It was a 43-yard run. How, how long was the run that got called back? It was 45, I believe. 45. So he was if if Warren Thompson doesn't hold on that run, Rocket Sanders scores and he has 200 yards, but Thompson held, but I mean still a huge day for Rocket Sanders. KJ had 162 yards through the air, a touchdown, uh ran for 67, had a touchdown on the ground as well. Four different Razorbacks scored a rushing touchdown. Rocket Sanders, KJ Jefferson, AJ Green, and Rashad Dubinion got his first touchdown as an Arkansas Razorback. And then Warren Thompson caught a touchdown there in the back of the end zone, made up for the holding call that he had. Um, I asked Sam Pittman about that, and he told me that uh, Sam Pittman had a conversation with Warren Thompson um, after the holding call because Warren was just, you know, really upset about it. Pittman pulled him over, said something to him, and then, you know, a little bit later he catches a touchdown pass. I asked Sam, hey, what was that like? And he said, that's between me and Warren. So got burned hey. a little bit. I would be remiss if I did not ask you if you saw the tweet asking if uh, you are to Sam Pittman as I am to Dave Van Horn. No, I, I saw it, and I completely disagree with it. I think that it's just stupid. And uh, I know that the video of my question got posted because the person who posted it has something against me. And uh, if anybody has any questions about that, then they can come to me because I'm not going to I'm not gonna get into that on this podcast. But uh, – what do we think about this game, boys? I mean, Drew Sanders, we, I didn't even mention him on the defensive side of the ball. He he might have been the best defensive player in college football this past week. I, I I haven't looked at every other team's individual stats, but 11 tackles, eight solo tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, a QB hurry. He had a pass breakup, and he also had two forced fumbles. I mean, incredible day from Drew Sanders. Yeah, I mean, he he obviously made made headlines on the defensive side of the ball. Sanders on each on each side. Um, making waves you know I going back to the rushing attack um, I, I was looking at, at these stats for for my story uh, after the game and I believe the 295 yards rushing as a team was the fourth most in the Pittman era they rushed for 300 plus uh, three different times last year and if not for the five yard kneel down at the end of the game it would have been the fourth time achieving that mark and like you said I mean if they get that they get that 45 yard run that's not called back by the Thompson holding call then they probably make it as well um I mean the run game's still very strong you know circling back to that comment I made to to begin like just so people don't lose their minds I want to clarify um you know the 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 fifth team that Arkansas plays once again this year is is a top two team uh Georgia we we know how that game went last year Alabama I mean I, I just wouldn't be surprised, like, if it ends up being a top-10 game and people are like, oh, maybe we have a chance to win this one, and then it goes totally haywire. Anyway, 
strong rushing attack from the from the Arkansas Razorbacks. I mean, they deserved to win that game for sure. They were clearly the better team. Um, and and defensively too, like you said, Drew Sanders was was unbelievable. He he got some sort of uh Walter Camp nod. Walter uh, Camp defensive player of the week, like national. So Walter Camp gives out a national offensive player of the week, national defensive player of the week. Drew Sanders won defensive. So that's why I said he might have been the best defensive player in college football because at least the Walter Camp people thought he was. Right. So, um, I mean, those defensive transfers, you look at Drew Sanders coming over from Alabama, Dwight McGullard gets another pick. So now he has two interceptions in two games. This one came in the end zone against Spencer Rattler. I mean, how huge are those? And we're not even talking about Jordan Dominic, who made a big play on that uh, that safety call where it was it was intentional grounding in the end zone by Spencer Rattler. And uh, Arkansas gets to add two more points on there. So, I mean, Jordan Dominic with with two big plays in the past two weeks. Drew Sanders has just been dominant. Uh, Dwight McLaughlin, we know he's got those two interceptions. I mean, Latavius Breeny. We didn't even mention Latavius Breeny, who had to fill in for Jalen Catalan. I thought he played really well. He had a forced fumble, who uh, and Hudson Clark recovered that fumble, and then Arkansas was able to score a touchdown. I think that I think that fumble led to the Warren Thompson touchdown in the back of the end zone. Um, but it's like these transfers are just making huge plays all over the field. And now getting Latavius Brady ends up being a huge get for Arkansas because you're bringing over this safety from Georgia. And it was kind of like when they first got him, you're like, well, you got Catalan. How's, how's Brady going to be able to play? Maybe you play him at nickel. You want to get this guy on the field. He's a, he's a second teamer going into last week against Cincinnati. And um, now he's a starter and he's going to be a starter for the whole season likely. And so what a huge get to get Latavius Breeny, and it seems like he's living up to that expectation um, after, you know, starting one game against South Carolina and Spencer Rattler. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Pittman, like, we, we've never really heard any sort of panic from him since Catalan has gone down. Um, you know, it, and and the silver lining for the Razorbacks about this thing, too, is like, I mean, they they played the last seven, eight games of last year without him, too. So they're familiar with with how to operate without him. I mean, obviously, he's he's a special player. Like you said, he he clearly as a person means a lot to the team. He's a second year team captain. But uh, I mean, for for Pittman and company to go out and get Latavius Brini, a guy who started several games for the national champions last year. I mean, that's that's about as good a replacement as you can get. Agreed. All right. Um, before we get to pro football focus grades, I want to read some of these off to you. Uh, Alex, I want to get your thoughts on the game. You haven't really gotten in here yet. Yeah, I, you know, from from looking at this as just what this team's going to be able to do, you're really seeing them establish an identity. And it, it's a stronger identity than what you're seeing around a lot of the country. Some teams aren't quite sure if they need to run the ball to win or if they need to, to throw for 400 yards. Um, Arkansas makes it very, very clear what they're going to do. And opposing coaches know that, and they haven't been able to stop it to this point. They're going to come out. They're going to run the ball down your throat. K.J. Jefferson, 18 of 21, played you know about as perfect a game as you can ask for in this system. It, he's not meant to go out and throw for 300 yards. He's not even meant to go out and throw for 200 yards a lot of the time. He's there – to throw the ball whenever he needs to, but this is a, a very clearly a run first offense and they're dominant. You, you're winning the trenches on both sides of the football. 
the biggest question marks this season are, are at defensive back and at wide receiver. And you're seeing, you know, defensive backs, you're having some injury issues, making it a little bit tougher to make, make that uh, or to, to kind of save that, that question mark. The wide receiver group has been fantastic so far. You're not seeing many drops. You're not seeing many miscues even. Um, you've got guys who last season and Warren Thompson really, really struggled with drops. Now is catching the ball. He's a reliable target. You've got Trey Knox, who last season wasn't necessarily as big of a presence as he is. Now you have to look for him on every single play because you know that he's going to go out there and make you a huge play. Um, I was really impressed. You talked about a lot of the defensive transfers. I was really impressed with what we saw from Jaden Hazelwood. Uh, the physicality that he's playing with, he's going out there, he's blocking hard on every play. He stiff-armed a South Carolina defender to Middle Earth um, on one of his screen plays. So really, really impressed with him. I just – this team's physicality puts them in a better position than, than a lot of the top 15, top top 10, even top five teams in the country that we're seeing. And um, I, I won't – don't want to get too far ahead because there still is Missouri State and Texas A&M, but this Alabama team that we're seeing this season, based on what we saw against Texas, is not as physical, is not as deep, is not as explosive even as the Georgia team from last season. So this is a game where if you can continue to, to stay healthy and really get out there and show who you are and, and hone in on that fact that you're going to run the ball down teams' throats and then make them beat you deep through the air – it's a pretty pretty successful formula for Arkansas, and I don't expect that game to be a massive blowout like some are. If Arkansas can go 2-0 and um, over the next two games, that Alabama game is going to be the most insane atmosphere Fayetteville has ever seen. It'll top Texas last year. It'll be that big. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. You know, I, I'm not – I don't want to be biased – uh, you know, but I, I hope Arkansas wins those two games because I want to see that atmosphere. I, I just want to see it. So let's look at right. Let's look at uh, stat leaders in the SEC. So Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders, he leads the SEC in rushing with 273 yards. The next two guys are Ramon Davis and Mike Wright, both from Vanderbilt, who has played an extra game. They've played one more game than Arkansas, and Rocket Sanders still leads the SEC. Um, so that's big time. Drew Sanders tied for the lead with three sacks in the in the SEC. Jordan Dominic tied for second with two sacks. And then Dwight McGlothern leads all SEC players with two interceptions. So those Arkansas players are showing out in the first two weeks as far as the stats go. So um, pro football focus grades. I want to look at this. Uh, Chris Paul leads the defense, and he only played 19 snaps, but he had a 93.7 overall grade. I thought Chris Paul played really well. He had some big hits on Saturday, and this is a guy that you're looking at and you're saying, well, he's that third linebacker that we can rely on, and he seems like he comes in and he does a great job. I think, I mean, we, we've heard some, from Sam Pittman he really likes Poo Paul. I think Poo Paul is going to end up being a great football player here at the University of Arkansas. Yeah, he may have earned himself a, a few extra snaps at the end of the game, too. Uh, I mean, he, he recovered that fumble uh, against uh, – or that came from Spencer, Rat Spencer Rattler. And, and like you said, it was almost 50 to 30. Uh, he did take it to the house, but he was called down. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's proven himself as, as a pretty viable third linebacker to this point. 
And then as far as defensive backs go, Hudson Clark led him with a seventy with a seventy one point three overall defensive grade in coverage. He had seventy one point nine. Dwight McGlother right below him, seventy one point one overall, seventy point three in coverage. Um, so I think you're confident in those starting corners now. That was, I mean, that was the big thing. People ask about the weakness for Arkansas going into Arkansas versus South Carolina. You saw them get burned so many times against Cincinnati and it happened once or twice maybe three times against South Carolina and even Spencer Rattler couldn't put the ball in in the right place so um, it seems to be that that improvement from week one to week two really stood out to me at least in the secondary I think that they fixed some things up they patched those holes that you saw in week one and you know we we talked about it no Jalen Catalan no well you might have Miles Slusher this week but not having Jalen Catalan is a big thing Latavius Brady filled in, and those corners are doing their jobs. Um, Hudson Clark, I think there was that one play where, you know, he he gave up the catch and then couldn't make the tackle. Um, that was tough, but you're going to fix that. You're, you got to hope that hopefully you make that tackle. I think right now the most disappointing thing has been Jaden Johnson at the nickel, starting at nickel. Uh, he's He's really struggled. You look at his grades from Saturday. He was the lowest defensive grade for Arkansas players. He had a 47.3 overall grade, a, a 25.1 tackle grade, and a 43.3 or 43.4 coverage grade. So not what you want from your starting nickel. That's why you're hoping. I mean, we talked about it. you might not want to bring Miles Slusher back this week, but Miles Slusher should be back for AM, and that should definitely help Arkansas. I'm not saying Jaden Johnson's a bad player, it's just Miles Slusher was the starter going into the season for a reason. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, I, I specifically saw two instances of Spencer Spencer Rattler bailing J- Jaden Johnson out on Saturday. There was there was one uh, on a deep ball that um, the receiver had him beat, and uh, it it looked like Rattler underthrew him a little bit because Johnson caught up and broke the pass up. And then there was another one. Again, the receiver had him beat. He just overthrew him by probably five yards. Could have been a touchdown both times if if Rattler makes a better throw. And I think that what really helps this Arkansas defense and what has stood out a whole lot is how much better they are at rushing the passer and how much Drew Sanders really helps that out. I mean, Drew Sanders, we heard it through fall camp that he was an elite pass rusher, you know, that you, you always take everything you hear in fall camp with a grain of salt. Like how much is this, you know, actually going to happen come live game action? Drew Sanders, I mean, he's incredible at rushing the passer. He does not give up. And, you know, when you're having to put a focus on Drew Sanders, if you're an offensive line, maybe throw two guys his way, then you're letting the other guys get to him. And, I mean, Spencer Rattler was uncomfortable for this game. Uh, Arkansas just out-physicaled them, even with a three-man front at times. I mean, this Arkansas defense is shaping up to be, I think, it's about where we expected, but there are instances like with the pass rush where you say this is a little bit better than we were hoping for because offensively you're getting about what you expected. You're getting a, a run heavy team that is running the ball successfully. And you know, they, they don't really have an issue with that. And when they do, they're able to throw the ball and we still haven't even mentioned Trey Knox who had an ankle injury in that game. Uh, Sam Pittman said he went into the game with the ankle injury. We watched him, you know, kind of hobble off. Could barely put uh, any weight on his right leg, so you got to hope that Trey Knox is okay. Um, Pittman didn't seem super worried about it, but that's also something that you know 
Pittman and injuries are they do not go together. So um, that's something that you got to figure out. But Alex, you talked about these receivers, and I think that you saw Warren Thompson. He made that touchdown catch. I think that was great for him. Matt Landers, though, he missed that touchdown. You know, he was kicking himself. But for the most part, these Arkansas receivers have kind of lived up to what we thought they were going to be. And it's really just, you know, they are solid and consistent for the most part, aside from, you know, the Landers drop, really. Yeah, I, I mean, that, really looking at the game, that's one of the only miscues you have. And KJ, 18 of 21, is putting the ball in catchable spots for receivers. They're not having to make um, super crazy plays generally, you know, outside of that one Matt Landers play where you'd like to see him catch it and take it to the house. It would have been nice, especially going into the next next stretch of games. Um, hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll see him bounce back this week and, and kind of get rolling and get into his rhythm. But outside of that play, you're really seeing a dominant physical group of receivers that understands their role. They're not coming in here expecting to be the next Traylon Burks necessarily. They're not expecting to go for 150 yards, 100 yards, and two touchdowns every single game. They know their role. They know that they're there to go in, set the edge, allow for their backs to get upfield, and then make plays when the time comes. And it, it's paying off. It, it's showing very clearly. You can tell when a team has receivers that, that are interested and invested in blocking and when they don't. And, and, you know, like Robert said, those 300-yard rushing games are almost entirely a product of the offensive line and of the wide receivers. You'll have running backs that are able to go out there and do something really special and get those yards without without help blocking, but that's generally not going to be the case, and that wasn't the case this week as Arkansas really dominated the, the, the run game. The last, My last observation that I want to get at was – on the goal line, the the sets that Arkansas was going with, I mean, there were times when they, they would have three tight ends in there, uh, and they would also have Malik Hornsby in there at the same time. And so what they're figuring out on the goal line is they're, we're like, they're going to throw, you know, the, these big-time playmakers in, in, in the game and these defenses. What are you supposed to do when you have K.J. Jefferson, Malik Hornsby, Rocket Sanders, and then three tight ends? Like, because at that point, it's like, okay, they have three tight ends. They're going to run the ball. But then you have Malik Hornsby split out wide. Then you have, you know, Jaden Hazelwood split out wide. Trey Knox is in the game still, you know. What do you do as a defense when Arkansas is able to do that? Malik Hornsby, we saw him get in this game. He he made a couple plays. Kendall Bryles is using these weapons that he has. And you can see there's a little bit more creativity in this offense than we've seen the first two years. And I think that that – is a product of the fact that they have better playmakers. They have Jaden Hazelwood. They have Matt Landers. They know what they can do with Malik Hornsby now that they have Cade Fortin, and they're, they can throw Malik Hornsby out there. Rocket Sanders, A.J. Green, Rashad Dubinian. Dominique Johnson isn't even back yet. And so I think Arkansas is, is, is in a really good spot. You get a Missouri State team this week. You get an FCS team. You know, kind of take a break from the super, super phys physical games of Cincinnati, South Carolina before you have to hit the road and go play A&M, who, heck, A&M might not be that great of a football team. I know Appalachian State is – Appalachian State, you know, people look at that and might not think that they're that good of a football team. They're a good football team. A&M still should have won that game by, like, two touchdowns at the very least. So um, A&M paid App State a million point five to lose to them. And App State was an 18-and-a-half-point dog going into that game. That's why I say that AM should have won by probably two touchdowns. Right. 
I mean, how how crazy is it? Right. It was at Kyle Field. That's right. How crazy is it to think that in two weeks we could be watching a top 10 Arkansas team against an unranked Texas A&M team? Who does A&M play this week? They've got Miami. Oh. So, so that A&M schedule, I saw a clip or a picture of it the other day or yesterday. Insane over the next couple of weeks. There's a real possibility that A&M starts the season like two and seven. So um, really, really tough look there for A&M. And the problem is, they don't have a beater for Arkansas. Sometimes you've got a team that's struggling a little bit, but you you see them and you see that they have a solution to the problems that you pose. AM doesn't have a quarterback. Haynes King stinks. And, and when you have a quarterback that stinks, you saw it, no offense to Ben Bryan or Spencer Rattler, at least in their performances against Arkansas, they stunk. They weren't very good. And it, it led to big wins for Arkansas. You've got that again coming in uh, or going to AT&T Stadium. So if Arkansas is able to stay healthy and maintain, that's a game that, that really you need to you need to put an emphasis on winning the line of scrimmage. And beyond that, I think you feel really comfortable if you're Barry Odom's defense. I mean, yeah, think back to the AM game last year. Is that Calzada? Think about how bad Calzada was. I mean, if Calzada is not the score, starting quarterback in that game, Arkansas might not win. Um, Zach Calzada was just not good for Texas A&M. Here's A&M's schedule over the next few weeks. Miami, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Florida. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that Mississippi State might be ranked by the time they play at Mississippi State, and then they play at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina, on top of having to go to Jerry World to play Arkansas. So there's there's four games where they're in a row where they're playing away from home. That's Are we seeing any wins in that in that group for AM? But I mean you're gonna see you're giving them a toss up here and there, but are we seeing any surefire wins there? No surefires. I mean, South Carolina is probably their best shot on October 22nd. Um, that's probably their best shot. We I don't know if we really know who Mississippi State is yet. So that's to be determined. But I mean, we know who Arkansas is, and Arkansas is just gonna bully them. They're just gonna bully them. And so uh I I'm I'm looking at this Arkansas A&M game, and Arkansas goes into that game, and they're the powerhouse. And when have you been able to say that in the past however many years that Arkansas going into the A&M game is the powerhouse, and they're, they're, they might be a heavy favorite? you got to get past Missouri State. I mean, we don't want to overlook Missouri State, but those are two big games in A&M and Alabama afterwards. So, But we're going to do all of our Missouri State prep this week, we'll get you all set for Arkansas-Missouri State, the return of Bobby Petrino to Fayetteville. It's going to be weird. Hearing that the students are going to wear neck braces, so that'll be fun. And uh, we'll, we'll get everybody set for that throughout this week. You just got to go to hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. And uh, I want to remind you, before we go, we are brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're a displaced corporate executive or you want to put your career in your own hands, you need to call Andy Ledecky because he is a long-time Rivals member and franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses, and he wants to use that expertise that he has to help you find your American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call him to put your life and career in your own hands because it's 100% free and you don't have anything to lose. Call him 404-973-9901 or email him aledecky, that's A-L-U-E-D-E-C-K-E, at myperfectfranchise.net or visit myperfectfranchise.net to put your career in your own hands. Thank you, Andy Ledecky and myperfectfranchise.net. All right, boys. 
let's get uh, let's get going with our day. We'll talk to Sam Pittman today, get that depth chart, figure out what we're doing this week. And uh, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow about what we heard from Sam Pittman, what we saw at practice, and more on the Gridiron Hogs podcast. Thank you.